Actually, no, Anna, I have an idea for a new segment. It's called Compliments for Anna. Wait, I'm obsessed. I I think it could be as good as initial thoughts, like one minute thoughts. Like, I don't know yet. Jeff needs a vibe check. Anna needs a compliment. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to Escaping Reality. You know who we are. It's Anna, Stacey, and Aggie. We are talking about reality competition shows because life's kind of garbage still after all these years, and it won't stop. But we're here. We're here to talk about Survivor. We've been watching season 45. This week, it's episode 10. Quote, how am I the mobster? A quote from Jake, my fave little naive sweet baby boy. He's so baby girl. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If this is not your first time listening, welcome back. Be sure to give us a follow on the gram. We are at Escaping Reality Pod on Instagram. Give us a follow, interact, send us a DM, let us know your thoughts. You can also follow our podcast on Apple and Spotify. Please leave us a rating and review. We'll love you for it. And uh, you'll get notified when we have new episodes. And that's pretty cool. So like I said, today we're talking about Survivor Season 45, Episode 10. And we're getting close to the end. So things are definitely kicking into high gear and I am excited to talk about it with my friends. Aggie, what if um at the start of this podcast we just gave like overall thoughts on how we felt about the episode? Are you thinking what I'm thinking like new segment? Like new segment, we just like we talk about like kind of our overall initial thoughts before we talk about the details. Honestly, that sounds amazing. What a beautiful idea for a podcast. Let's Here's try it. You want to try it? I'm ready. I'm ready. Here's the tea. Um, I low-key forgot everything about this episode. I literally woke no. up this morning and said, oh no, we're recording podcast episode. Do I remember a single thing that happened? And I do. My biggest things for the day would be, thank God Bruce is gone. I will say I was talking to my friend yesterday when we were bopping around New York City and she and I were both like, I'm so glad he's gone. And I reflected that, okay, the reason I've been so annoyed with him is because they kind of pulled the Sabayo with him and gave him a lot of content across multiple episodes so that when he went home, it like made sense, but it was too much content and I'm over it. So I'm very glad he's gone. I think Stacy, you texted us this yesterday. So I'm low key. Sorry, I'm stealing this, but the edit and the flip-flop we have had on Emily were on week one. I was like, get rid of her. I never want to speak to her again. And now I'm basically like, if she doesn't win, what's the point of this? So that's really my only thing right now. The Reba Force still seems in charge. Emily, just like low key, was was the vehicle to make everything that happened today happen or in this episode happen, which is kind of incredible. And so I think they're underestimating Emily, but I also think Emily is underestimating the Reba Force and how strong they are. So I'm hopeful that Emily can find an inroad to get them out of the way. Also, side note, I did say someone tweet and was like, bold prediction what if it's jake katora and emily in the final three and they just slowly dismantle the reba four and i was like nothing would bring me more joy and that would also mean all of us would have one in the final three team our draft which would be so cute so like loki i'm rooting for that to happen it would be so fun i think i was a little over a minute but i'm trying to be better okay i'm done now how can you how can you be better it's a new segment new segment <laughs> we've never done before <laughs> stacy let me know what you're thinking okay so I did watch this um, episode live on my new TV. It froze a few times <laughs> at crucial moments. And after some consultation with Aggie, we decided it's not the TV. It's just the Wi-Fi. <laughs> but anyway, so I did have to rewatch yesterday. So anyway, I thought it was a good episode. I did like just you know, the strategizing that happened and even just seeing like all the women talking about, you know, let's truly like try to get a woman to the end. And then Emily, I mean, Emily was able to trick Bruce. Like she, it was a, it was a blindside. I know people have said like, that's not going to help her. She should have blindsided any of the Rebas, but I, I don't know. I mean, I still think getting someone out who's a challenge beast and had an extra idol in addition to like winning challenges it's still a good move I would say so I enjoyed the episode there were like some moments I had some questions about such as Katura getting a letter from her mom <laughs> not Ugh. not speaking to so I was kind of confused again Anna you know know my tr- my full feelings <laughs> I'm just giving a summary now but either way, I did think it was a good episode. I also like when we do a reward challenge and 
an immunity challenge. I always like those. And they got to spend the night. So since they're not like leaving the area, at least they can spend the night at the sanctuary. So those were my thoughts overall. And this was a team and a loss, right? Wasn't Bruce? Was Bruce on your team or mine? Was. It was a team okay. and a loss. So that's also a win for Aggie and Stacy. Aggie and I are like a tag team now. Just trying. You guys are beating me though in terms of I've picked the most people for Castaway of the Week who have now gone home. Uh, but that- isn't really a stat for anything. <laughs> well, we also at some, I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, but we have to at some point quickly revisit how you stunned me and Aggie, but t- we'll, we'll get to that. But anyway, so those are my thoughts and I'm excited for the next episode, the next few episodes. Yeah. It's coming to a close, but yeah, I was really pleased with this episode. I watched it twice. I watched it live and I was like, enjoying it but then the second time I watched it yesterday when I was making this plan I was like so into it I noticed a lot of things that I didn't pick up on the first time especially like in the conversations because I feel like the conversations that were being had were so fast-paced of like so and so told somebody this and then they took it to another person and then they took it back to somebody else like which I love but it was a little bit hard to follow the first time through so when I really paid attention I got like so much more out of it I think the balance of this episode, as far as like it's pacing, it's flipping back and forth between like the scene at the sanctuary and then like the boys at camp, which we're going to talk about the boys at camp, but like the, the switching back and forth and like the juxtaposition of the boys at camp dicking around and then like cut back to all the girls crying at their letters from home. Like it was just beautiful. So I really liked it. I liked the way things are progressing. I was sad to see Bruce go home. A, because he was team Anna and like, we'll talk about it more in detail as we go through. But I said a couple of weeks ago, I think I was interested to see how his story was going to conclude based on, you know, everything that we've talked about for what we saw of him so far this season. And I'll just say like, I wasn't 100% happy with the conclusion that we got. It just didn't feel cathartic in that way. It felt weird to me that we had all of that buildup from Katura wanting to get him out. And then like really Emily was the one to get Bruce out. Strategically, it would have made more sense to get one of the Reba people out. But I can understand that like one of the things Emily said was like, I can't really work with Jake and Katura and Bruce because they're not playing. So I need to keep the Reba people around because I can play with them. But we'll get into it. Those are just my overarching thoughts. I was really happy with this episode, though. Overall, I thought it was a great one. So let's get into it. The episode starts, we have post-tribal from the week before, and we first see Jake, and he is re-re-re-reassessing his game yet again. This is the theme for Jake, just to constantly be in, like, emotional, mental turmoil over his thoughts. He's frustrated, and I get it. Um, And Drew's dunking on him. Drew is so mean. It's another through line for this episode, so we see Drew in confessionals being basically like, Jake's an idiot. And then Drew mentions about Bruce, how he's in this interesting spot because he has power in that he has the idol. So they want to get him out because he's a threat, but he's also winning challenges. So they can't get him out. Classic survivor dilemma. Then we cut to Austin giving Julie a neck rub, which like the point of the scene was to show that Julie was so physically, emotionally exhausted. But like the takeaway from the scene was not about Julie. It was about Austin and the neck rub of it all. Again, the point was to show that Julie's like in distress. She's having a really hard time grappling with like the lying, which like, girl, you're on Survivor. There's always going to be somebody on this stupid show who's like, it's so hard for me to lie. Like, what did you think you were going to do? Come on. (sighs) Julie also mentions that at some point Reba's going to have to turn on each other. We We see Emily and Katura discussing this, like who's the power player on Reba. They mentioned D. Emily's re-questioning her alliances. They then bring it to Bruce and Emily's like, I want to make a move against Reba, but if I'm going to do that, I have to have strong people behind me. This is kind of what I mentioned in my initial thoughts. And she's basically like, I want to make this move. I don't know if Jake, Bruce, and Katura are the people to make this move with. I don't know if they can do it. And then we have this scene where Bruce is testing out his lie of the fact that oh, you know, I gave my idol to Kelly in case there was a knowledge as power advantage played at that tribal council and Kelly went home with my idol. He says to Katura, you feel me on this? And she says, no, I don't. Because he's like, is my acting good? Did I do a good job? Was it convincing? And she's like, please stop talking to me. This is bad. This is stupid. She says, no one's going to believe this stupid lie. And then we cut to Jake believing the lie. 
beautiful chef's kiss expert editing 10 out of 10 um and then jake starts to spread this info because he believes why because he's a sweet baby girl so bruce's idea is not terrible in concept like the idea of lying to try and convince them that maybe you don't have your idol is pretty smart it's just bruce so he does it poorly like and it has a terrible conclusion because then he doesn't play his idol in the end anyway so it's like you convince them that you didn't have it and then you didn't play it so it's just a mess but it's a beautiful mess that's a lot it was a long intro before we get to the challenge so give me your thoughts there's a lot of discussions that happen that we see happen again later so there's a lot to be talked about I mean, my main thing is related to like the last thing you just brought up with Bruce lying about the idol, because I agree with what Dee said when they brought it up to her. Like, I feel like you can only make that lie the immediate night, like that night, like when Kelly left or like the next morning. But you can't wait like another vote to just be like, oh, by the way, I didn't have yeah. it before, but I don't have my idol. It, it That doesn't work. <laughs> this is doomed from the start. The fact that Jake believed it, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what that says. <laughs> but I mean, he's he's probably just like, I'm desperate out here. I'll believe anything. But that was just poorly executed, I think, on Bruce's part. I need confirmation that like when Jake is watching these episodes that he has like a solid support system around him. You know what I mean? Yeah. To like make sure he's okay. Okay. So like, here's the tea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> How can I be nice? I've been so mean to Bruce. Think about it as he got his. He's gone. And yeah. you don't have to watch him anymore. Here's the thing. I think, Stacy, you said it pretty well. Like, if you were going to do this, and it, Anna, you said this too. If you were going to do this, like, it's not a bad idea in concept. We got stymied a little bit because you waited a whole other vote. Like, that just immediately makes me on edge because I'm like, why are you telling me this now? And it should raise some red flags. And because we've seen Jake questioning everything he's ever known about humanity himself and the game of Survivor, he literally is like, oh, okay, like, wow, Bruce, thank you so much for sharing. And it's like, my guy, no red flags went up, no immediate just like, huh, that's a little weird. I do appreciate that Bruce thought about trying to play Survivor. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes. I do appreciate that he was attempting to play Survivor. There was a move in there somewhere. There was a move in there somewhere. Like, I was like, oh, at least you know that you came on the game of Survivor for a second time after your 12 hours the first time that didn't work out very well. That was the nicest thing Aggie could say about Bruce. Just pointing. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> said, at least he thought about playing Survivor. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're welcome. I know that was hard for you. <laughs> Strong opinions loosely held. If he had changed my mind and been good, I would have changed my mind. See notes on Emily to understand what I'm doing. Yeah. He didn't ever change my mind. So I'm so sorry, Bruce. It really it reminded me of last week when Drew was like, Bruce is playing his own game of Survivor, but it's not actually Survivor and he's also not good at it. Like when Kelly left and he started to question this whole thing, I was like, I'm sad for you, Bruce, that you feel kind of like frustrated or betrayed or whatever like that is a real human emotion and I'm not trying to take anything away from that but you're not playing this game yeah you are getting by because you are winning challenges which no one thought you would do and then we've talked about in the past where it's like he seems to have this sort of like old school mentality and that was just like not the vibes so anyway it was an attempt at a move and I appreciate the thought it just didn't really work and I loved how Katora immediately was like no yeah, I I take slight issue with Katura's like almost willingness because later when she's like, what if we make the backup vote Julie? You know, Julie's a threat. We got to get one of these Reba people out. Like, I know that that thought was there, but the primary thought was still we got to get Bruce out first, no matter what. He has to go. It has to be him. So I'm like, it does feel a little short sighted. And I'm like continually disappointed that that's all we really hear from Katura, even up until Bruce goes out. Especially, like you said, for her not to be the one to orchestrate the actual move. Yes. Like, for her not to be the one who actually makes it so he goes home, why was the edit all of Katora only talking about Bruce? Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, no. That's what I was going to basically say. Like, it just... I I thought for a second when she brought up Julie as a backup that we might see a turn in that narrative for her and we just didn't and that also was it was just it wasn't what I wanted to see from that particular storyline and that's as simple as I can put it but 
it also brings me back to the point that Emily made, which is going to come up again later, where she's, you know, very explicitly saying, I want to get somebody from Reba out. But if we're going to move against them, we cannot miss. And like these people can't make it happen. Like Bruce cannot make it happen. Katura only wants to get Bruce out. So like that's not going to happen. And she very explicitly and I noticed this more on the second time I watched the episode. She's very clear throughout the episode. Emily, that is of like why it does end up being Bruce tonight. And so it it like, I don't know, it made it slightly better, I guess. But what you said in the beginning, Aggie, like if Emily's not winning, what is it all for at this point? <laughs> so what is it all for? I'm being very hesitantly optimistic. But uh, so we go to the reward challenge, which as we all know, we love when there's a reward challenge separate from immunity. It is just a delight, even though they're only at the sanctuary, which you know our feelings on that. But we have a reward challenge. It's like a bunch of different obstacles. They're all competing as individuals, which we love. We love to see it. Thank you, Jeff. But they're doing different obstacles like, I don't know, ropes. There's some untying knots. There's some nets. And then they get to that maze puzzle where like you're basically holding two pulleys to navigate the ball into the hole through the maze. I like that puzzle. And the prize is like Stacy said, a sleepover at the sanctuary where good things happen. And like Thanksgiving dinner for some reason, turkey, mashed potatoes, uh, apple pie, gravy. And like no, Thanksgiving was last uh, week. So what are we doing? I'm sorry. Survivor couldn't have made that. So it lined up like we couldn't have started one week earlier in September. Just, I'm- yeah, it was weird. That like that was their plan and they got ruined and they're like, oh, well, we gotta, the show must go on. Well, yeah. yeah, they couldn't change it, but it's like, I'm sorry, you couldn't have yelled at CBS like a little bit longer. CBS is like, actually, the SAG strike maybe won't end for a while. So like, we're actually going to push your start date one week just so we have one more week of content from you. Like what? Yeah. I am. It just felt it felt weird. Thanksgiving was explicitly said also by the boys at some point. They were like, it's our Thanksgiving feast. Whatever. Anyway, so they get Thanksgiving dinner, which I would not want on an island, but whatever. Um, And they get letters from home, which is not revealed until after Emily has won. Spoiler alert, Emily wins and she chooses to bring the girlies with her, Julie, D, and Katura. Drew cries and I, you guys know I've turned a corner on Drew. I love Drew now. Same. I felt genuinely bad. He looked so upset and his spindly body needed food. So rip. I can't watch him cry, but I do like Drew now. It really, he cried a lot in this episode. There were a lot of Drew tears. He did a lot of things. There was also a lot of flexing of non-existent muscles. We're going to get to it. But um, what I thought was really great about this scene of the reward is when Emily wins, everybody's happy for her. Everybody gives her a hug. They're so supportive of her. And nobody has considered that she's going to be a threat as far as jury management. Emily knows it because we hear it from her later about Jake. But no one, especially after this moment, is like, hey, we all kind of love Emily. Like, is that strategic? Ain't nobody thinking about shit in this game. I can't. But it was a nice moment where I was like, oh, my God, they love her. They will vote for her at the end. But uh, any feelings about this challenge before we talk about the sanctuary and Du Bois? Du Bois. (laughs) Actually, can I just say one quick thing about what you just mentioned about jury management? I just, that was one of my big takeaways from the episode was Emily's jury management is on point. I know she could go home at any moment. She could go home, but between her own jury management and Caleb being the first jury member, I just like, if she's in final three, she wins. And at this point, I don't see her not being in final three, even though Austin wants to fuck D and is trying to keep her around a bit. Like, (laughs) (laughs) Like, I just don't see Emily not making it. But her jury management is beautiful. I'm so impressed. And like unintentional, I think, to a certain point. Like she's very aware of behaving a certain type of way to everybody in order to manage them if they do end up on the jury because she says it about Jake. But I think this moment was so genuine that it wasn't part of that like intentional strategy, but she's definitely doing it for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, they go to their reward and we get this kind of cutting back and forth. I mentioned in my initial thoughts where like we see them at the sanctuary and then we cut back to the boys at camp and then we're back at the sanctuary. So it's, you know, the timeline is a little bit uh, cutting back and forth, but we're going to talk about what happens at the sanctuary and then we're going to talk about Du Bois because it's more fun. But 
welcome to the sanctuary. It's ladies night. And it also breaks up the re before. I don't know if that was, again, more strategic on Emily's part, but for whatever it's worth, the re before are separated for the time being. They all have this nice moment where they mention to Emily that like she's really underestimating herself. And then we hear from Emily about like how proud she is of herself and how she was underestimating herself. Like they are right. Um, we also explicitly hear her say, we are going to have a female winner. So you again, the editing, is, the editing is really making me feel some type of way about if we're right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's like the, now the second time that from Emily's lips, we've heard her say something, something like this is what's going to happen at the end. Is she right? I have to know. Of course, shocker, Katura brings up getting Bruce out again. I'm so unimpressed by this. But she says it. And then she tells all the women at the sanctuary about this lie about the idol that he told. So now everyone knows that if Bruce comes up and says, you know, my idol went home with Kelly, he's lying. She says, like, I'm in revenge mode. I want to get Bruce out. Is it a good move for her game? Probably not, but it's happening. So they discuss splitting the vote between Jake and Bruce, but putting more votes on Bruce in case he actually doesn't have an idol or doesn't play it. So, like, they split it in his favor. So if he plays his idol, Jake goes home. But if he doesn't play his idol, Bruce goes home. And then we cut to the boys and we cut back to their scene of their letters from home, which the juxtaposition of that was, holy wow. It was like, remember women? They cry. Look at them. But, you know, that's that's a story for another day. But this is a nice scene. It's very emotional. They're all like in tears reading their letters. Um and especially Katura, who it's a whole emotional episode for her in general, but she gets this letter from her mom, who she's mentioned that she cut off contact with like a year ago. <laughs> Why did we give it to her if she didn't want to talk to her mom? So many questions. And I'm not here to speculate on like why or how, but it seemed weird. It didn't seem weird. It just was. It was weird. And it was I know we don't have all the context, but she seems surprised. And that seems bad. Yeah. I just, it's like, it's just confusing. It's like, they're, because they got letters from multiple family members, right? So it's like, like, however the letter got to Fiji, (laughs) you could have just been like, let's toss that one out for now. Or hold it till the end, maybe. Like, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. And she, I mean, she was like, I don't know how I feel. And it just seems like a lot to be processing on national television. That's all. Okay, can I just say something that's maybe like a little bit problematic? It's giving Bachelor nonsense. It's giving Bachelor weird producer shady shit. Meddling. Where they're they're like, hey, you know your ex-boyfriend? We actually brought him here. Yeah. And um, he actually wants to, like, come on the show and compete for your hand. And it's like, wait, I hate him. Like, he's actually an evil <laughs> mobster. Like, get out of here. And they're like, but he seemed kind of fun. <laughs> or even when they're like, right. I'm sure they asked them on The Bachelor, like, what's your biggest fear? And someone says heights. And then it's like, your date is heights. Like, it felt like that. <laughs> yeah. But not as fully fleshed out as that either. So it was like, why did you do this for why? It was the first time I felt the ick from the Survivor producers in a way that I was like, yeah, why why did you, why? Or like, did you make a huge mistake? In which case, like. Like, did you not know they weren't talking or something? Yeah. Because it it also doesn't sound like her mom was like mean in the letter. Like someone has to provide that contact info. I assume Katura, because how do they get the info to get the the, le- the letters from their family? Like I what? also feel like Lauren, when we interviewed her, said you write a list of who your loved ones are, like who yeah. you would want to hear from or have be your person if you if they bring the loved ones out. So yeah. I can't imagine Katura put her mom on that list. I just like I know we don't have the full story, but I very much need the full story. That. Well, did you listen to um Jeff's no, pod? Absolutely not. Of course not. Basically talking to Anne. Oh, okay. I didn't. No, I've been slacking. Okay, because yes, and he was just like this. He he almost framed it as like this beautiful moment. We like reconnected them, and I'm like, I just, like, are you just disregarding boundaries? I don't also, Jeff, you didn't you didn't bring them back together he just kind of the way i interpreted how he said it on his podcast it was almost like katura like cut her off but we like gave them another chance i'm like 
she probably had a reason. People don't do that lightly. But you know, Jeff, he likes to make everything a touching moment. (laughs) I can't. Oh, it's weird vibes. But um, that's what's happening at the sanctuary. But meanwhile, dub boys, dub boys are at camp. And this is maybe the best thing Survivor has done in a few seasons. Um, so we cut to the boys. They be farting. The boys be tooting. They're tooting it up. And it's like the sprinklings of the beginning of a montage. And then we get the montage. Boys just being boys. 10 out of 10 editing. I, again, second time around, appreciated it so much more. Also, something I missed the first time. It's a fucking Top Gun reference. The song is the same song that they play in the volleyball scene in the original Top Gun movie. So like the layers, the Paramount music licensing, like it's just 10 out of 10 beautiful. Like it's so funny. I know in our group chat, we were like, but do they know that it's funny? They know it's funny. Like undeniably, they knew what they were doing. And wow, just a delight. And then Austin catches some fish. He talks about Thanksgiving again because it's Thanksgiving. Did you forget? And then we get into like a real scene where Bruce and Jake are talking about like D being a threat. Everybody keeps mentioning that D is a threat, but like, when's it ever going to be a real issue? Jake mentions that he doesn't want to be associated with Bruce. And so he takes the thing that Bruce said to him about D being a threat over to Drew because he wants to try his luck with working with Drew. Um, And then he also tells Drew that Bruce no longer has the idol. Drew believes this because Jake believes it. Drew shares that with Austin. And yet this whole time, Drew is still fucking belittling Jake, being so mean to him in confessionals. When he just helped you, he gave you information. He didn't know it wasn't true, but he still gave it to you. Like, stop being mean to Jake. Okay, I actually, Nick and I talked about this at length because we watched live on Wednesday. And I also was frustrated by how this whole thing went down. And the thing that's interesting is Nick does not like drew i do like drew i have turned a corner on him but i do find him to be a little bit pretentious at times like that's i still feel like that's a valid critique of what he is presenting yeah but the thing that was interesting about this particular interaction is it felt like it escalated so quickly and it was like what the fuck like when did when did you get mad at each other like i'm so confused because we're talking about like no they have their fight later Oh, this okay. This is okay. this I'm is a precursor to their argument on the beach. Okay, this I'm gonna is, save it then. I'll um, save it. This is where like Jake has found out, quote, found out that Bruce doesn't have an idol, and he's like, "I'm gonna bring this to Drew because I don't want to work with Bruce anymore." Bruce, yes, 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 yes. down, and so he brings it to Drew, and then Drew's like still a jerk to him. <laughs> okay, so my original point, I'll maybe save, but I do think that this is kind of a symptom of the re before not feeling any real pressure. Like Katora brings them information last episode. Jake brings them the information this episode. I feel like they view the other four people that are not them as separate entities who the only thing they offer is a potential threat with Bruce of like, excuse me, winning challenges. And then the rest of them are just other entities that are happen to be in the same space as them. And so they're like, thank you for this information, but also like get away from me a little bit, which I'm like, yeah. I don't love that energy. But I I understand where they're coming from because they don't actually need it. Like you have four votes. Like they don't actually need any of the information really. Like for the most part, they they can just decide who they want to send home based on the immunity challenge. Like I don't really need anything else. But also like don't fault Jake for trying. Oh, Anna, I'm on your team here. I think he's being a dick. Yeah, he's just kind of being a bully. Yeah. Very much holier than thou, which I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't love. But classic Drew, am I right? I'm still not team Drew for the record. <laughs> Let it be known. Heard. I know you two turned a corner. Um, and he said indubitably. I can't even say it. Indubitably. He said that this week. Like, what? I just you see, it's just giving white men who went to an Ivy League school. Like, that's just. It's giving people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, Drew. Like, we could read you to, like, fulfill which we have stopping me to other people hurt people hurt people hurt people hurt people and you gotta stop you gotta stop how did you guys feel about the montage didn't mean to breeze right past that i mean it's just mojo dojo casa house in a way that was very representative of 2023 
I actually, in the moment, I thought it was really funny. And then the more I thought about it, knowing once we found out it was edited by men, I didn't like it anymore. And I, I'm going to be honest, though, it's because when I rewatched it, and even Anna, something you just said, like was kind of trick, like kind of triggered this in my mind, but it was kind of like, they're doing it to be like, I think it was the juxtaposition of all the women crying that I was like, actually, now that there's, there's like a sinister undertone to that. There was something icky about it. I didn't like that. that. Like when I watched the, when I see it just in isolation, I think it's hysterical. Yeah. But then to juxtapose it against women talking about legitimate concerns, they have relationships, they have feeling like so vulnerable as human beings to then juxtapose it next to mojo dojo casa house nonsense which was funny but then to have it through a male lens i really was just like i'm out like i don't like this and to add to that point if we do end up without a female winner i will reflect upon this particular two scenes and the way that they're pieced together Mm -hmm. much less favorably yeah because to put it to put it in fancy speak (laughs) no i totally understand because on the surface, it's hysterical. Yeah. Like on the surface, it is one of the funniest montages that we've seen in a while. But then to cut between that and then all the women crying, I was like, it just feels like you're a little bit making fun of women for having mm-hmm. feelings. And that I don't love. But if we get to the end and all of those bozos lose. Yeah. I then accept. it's hilarious. Yeah. yeah. That's what I was going to say is just if a, wim- if a woman wins, then I'm okay with the edit. <laughs> fully mm-hmm. <laughs> but if they don't because then it's like okay the guys were all idiots like goofing off and the women were like making these bonds that ended up being important for like a life and be the jury and they were being thoughtful and like emotionally vulnerable but if they lose and the goons win what if the goons win i just i'll be so big mad like, I will be revisiting this at the end just to... Yeah, we'll come back to it. So, like, put a pin in it. But I'm just naming for you that men are the worst. But for now, I very much enjoyed it. Yeah, for now, with I had that, a fun with time. that, like, asterisk caveat of, like, but don't I get had it a, I had a big laugh. Yeah, at their expense. It was great. Ugh. Okay. So we have that. And then, before we get to the immunity challenge, the girls come back to camp. And we have a, a couple what I thought were significant moments where the girls get back. Emily immediately makes a beeline for Drew and catches him up on like the things that she's learned at the sanctuary. Drew is excited to be like, oh, Bruce doesn't have an idol. And Emily straight up is like, nope, that's a lie. It is a lie. And we're going to move on. Um, she mentions also, we hear so much from Emily this episode. It's like ridiculous. <laughs> but Emily mentions talking about her relationship to Jake and how, you know, if Bruce plays his idol and Jake is the backup vote and Jake goes home, she's treated him like a human being, which again, juxtaposed with how Drew treats him. She's just very aware that like, I haven't treated him like a chess piece. So she's like, I don't really want him to go home. It's not going to have a lot of bearing on the game, but it could be really great for me if he ends up on the jury. So once again, Emily managing her her jury very well and then because of that she goes over to jake and she like updates him on the plan and jake says well let's target drew because drew was targeting jake emily shuts this down because she recognizes and explains that to take drew out right now would not be good for her game and she openly admits that to jake she's like listen that's not a good move for me i don't want to do that but she does it in a way that's not super like aggressive or confrontational it's just very matter of fact But Jake continues to try and rally a vote for Drew. He's like very adamant about, I'm ready to make a move. Like the time is now. I want to do something in this game. Um, He brings that to Julie. Julie obviously is having none of it. Julie takes it back to Drew. He's not nervous about it, but he's pissed at Jake. He's got beef with Jake again. And this Aggie is where they have their little argument on the beach where like, Mm. they try to have this conversation. Jake is basically like, why did you throw my name out? Drew is like, well, why did you throw my name out? Somebody asks a question and Jake makes this comment, like this conversation's over because you have nothing to offer me. Like you're not working with me. This is done. And Drew (laughs) interprets this as like mobster behavior. And he's like, this conversation's over. Like, who do you think you are? Big tough guy. And like, that's so not how Jake said it. 
And Drew's just continuing to be like very dramatic and mean to him, in my opinion. But this is where they have that argument, Aggie. So if you'd like to share the thoughts that you have. Okay. Here's the thing. I totally think that Drew is being an asshole. Nick and I went back and forth about this. We were like, why the like why did this even happen like how did we even get here like why are we big mad at each other what's going on because men don't know how to communicate (laughs) literally that that's mostly why but I think I think the thing that happened was we like tried to look at it from both perspectives and it's like why did Jake like upon the women being home turn on Drew and be like I want to vote for Drew I think it was because in Jake's conversation with Emily. Oh, wait, no, no, nope, I got it. He, he, was the, the, he was still the backup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. So Jake then immediately is like, well, I'm now gunning for Drew. And it's yeah. like the two of you, you're using information that neither one of you got directly. And now you're mad at each other because you haven't had a chance to like, I don't know. Like it just gave Mojo Dojo Casa House again. Like I was like, the fact that Jake was immediately like, okay, well now I'm pushing for Drew. But also, like, tells – I was just like, this is a mess. Like, how did we get here? What is ha- – anyway. Well, so my- we got there because Emily's a shitster. <laughs> yeah, she's slowly but surely just getting them all to hate each other, which, like, <laughs> go off, girlfriend. But, yeah, it was just – it was a weird way for all of it to come out and go down. Like, I was just like, I don't I don't know about this. And I just still feel bad for Jake, honestly, because I'm just like, he's just trying to play the game in a terrible situation. Um, I listened to the Speaking Llama episode and they had Owen and Cassidy. It was a very good listen if anyone doesn't listen to them. Um, but they were kind of saying like, Owen, he's kind of in your position. Because remember, Owen was always like, I'm like, Charlie Brown, I try to like kick the the ball or like it's ripped away from me. And I'm like, and they're like, that's kind of how Jake is too. Like, he's just trying to work with someone. <laughs> he's shocked. He's still there, but he's like, I want to try. And then like Drew's mad at him. <laughs> he like has that moment in the sand where he's crying and Katura comes up there. Like he's, it's rough. It's been rough. <laughs> it's rough out here in these streets. And he's not even like okay for it at all, but I'm like, I still feel bad for you. <laughs> what I don't want for him is I don't want him to end up in final three because I do think they will bully him. Bully. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I think if he's trying to argue his case in final three, they will just continue to like belittle him and be condescending. And I don't want to witness that. Oh, for sure though. That's exactly what's going to happen. Oh my God, you're right. It is. My sweet angel. My I sweet just angel. manifested it. I'm sorry. But we go to our immunity challenge. We are in the middle of water. In the middle of the ocean, we're on a platform. It's a slanted platform. The challenge is to lie on the ramp, holding on to smaller and smaller handholds. And you're like kind of doing like a tricep dip, but the positioning looks awkward and uncomfortable. And if you drop, you are sliding into the ocean. We have this moment during the challenge where Katura gets incredibly anxious, like all of a sudden, and she starts to panic about dropping into the water. And it ends up causing her to step out of the challenge rather than falling into the water. Like she would have been done anyway, but it turns into this moment where like she does step out onto the platform. Um, Jeff is incredibly nice about this, which sometimes is really shocking for him, but it was nice to see him support her in this moment. He seemed genuinely concerned with her feeling like safe and comfortable in the situation. And then after the challenge ends, and Jeff is like, all right, jump off and swim to the boat, like survivor tradition. And she's hesitant about that. Everyone, again, is so supportive of her, of like, we we, we got you. You are safe. If you don't want to do it, it's okay. We will accommodate that. But like, give it a try. We are all here for you. Like, no one is going to let you be in an unsafe situation. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to watch at first when she was like really starting to panic. Um, but it ended up being like a nice moment of support. But that's the most significant thing that happens at the challenge. And then Austin wins, which like, cool. Jeff makes some weird mention reference to carnivals, which we will vibe check him for severely. But the Katura moment is really like, I don't want to say the highlight of the challenge because that makes it sound like fun, but it is the most significant part of the challenge. So if we have any feelings about that. It's just interesting because like she says she's not afraid of water. I think there have been other water challenges. I feel like 
it, it was partly the dropping into it, but also I, re- I truly believe that letter messed with her head. <laughs> like you cannot tell me that yeah. she, like, she's never had any fears in any of these challenges. And then like, she gets a letter from her mother. She hasn't talked to in a year. And then she's like having a panic attack kind of. So that's why I'm like, y'all did her dirty and we need answers. <laughs> I need answers. And yeah. it's going to be funny if Katura's like, oh no, that hadn't like, I, that whole thing was fine. But as the viewer and what they showed us, they messed with her. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's a solid theory. <laughs> yeah, something was off. I think that's also why we all felt so icky about the letter, like even retroactively, like in the moment we were all kind of like, okay. And then the way Katora spoke about it, we were kind of like, okay, she seems okay. And then this challenge happened and it was, she was not, she clearly was bad. <laughs> I also felt like it just felt it's a little forced on Jeff's part. Of like, we're trying to make it into like a serene moment, like in Game Changers. Like everyone will support you, like blah, blah. And I was like, I don't know if we needed to go like this deep into this. Because again, we have so little context as the viewer about why she's scared. Like it just felt like a panic attack. I agree. But like we had no sort of context for why she was frustrated. She couldn't articulate it. So it just felt like very uncomfortable. Whereas like with Sari... Sari was having a moment I feel like that was more internal about her own expectations for herself not literal panic about whether or not she was going to maybe die doing the challenge um and so she was better able to articulate like what she was going through so as a viewer we were able to sort of like really feel this with her whereas like with Katora I was like we don't know what happened with her mom we don't know where this letter came from we don't know why she's so afraid and so for Jeff to continue to ask questions and push, we were all just kind of like, what the fuck is this? Like, it was just uncomfortable. And because we had no information and Katora was not in a place to explain it herself, we were all just felt with this sense of like creepy foreboding, which I did not appreciate. Yeah, I agree. I, something about when he kept saying like, you can jump down, you can jump down. I'm like, I mean, she's maybe trying to decide if she still wants to try to win. Like it's that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Bruce next to her being like, oh, just jump down. Like, this is a competition. So I feel like she was trying to, like, calm herself down. <laughs> so, yeah, that part, I was, it just felt like a bit too forceful. But I was like, at least he's being kind. He even said, like, I'm here because she was like, and there's people in the water to get me. And he was like, and I'm here. And I'm like, I would love to see Jeff hop in the water. <laughs> to be honest, nothing would bring me more joy. I bet <laughs> he's an excellent swimmer. <laughs> we wouldn't know though because they don't allow him to show off like that no they don't let him flex but there i do also think there's a sick part of jeff that relishes when he can recognize that like this is going to be a scene or a moment and then he starts to like i don't know behaves in a slightly different way yes he he does he loves him i mean he turns last, it on yes i think the last one before this was was her name heather i feel like it was a heather remember the like yeah. she finished the challenge and they like waited for her to finish yeah oh yeah yeah <laughs> he, but like he loves crap like that not that i'm calling it crap in a way to diminish like the emotional weight of it but i think jeff sees it as just like moments sometimes like he's not wrong when you watch it on tv it is a moment but yeah there's something about it that just didn't fully sit right yeah well that's the challenge <laughs> so austin wins again it's like yay bruce didn't win yay for austin like i love austin i think you guys do too it's just kind of like there's nothing really to say about the fact that he won other than he won which means that bruce didn't win so they get back to camp and he's like well i'm still safe because i have my idol he straight up says quote i gotta do it i gotta play it (laughs) sure okay he's obviously still the target Jake is the ricochet. Katura says she acknowledges that like to vote for Jake is kind of a wasted vote. And then she has this moment where she's like, and to Emily, you do not want to go to the final three with anybody that you call mama, as in Julie. And in this moment, I was like, yes, Katura. I think I mentioned this earlier. I was like, amazing. She's seeing, you know, the forest through the trees beyond just getting Bruce out. Julie should be the backup vote. She tells this to Emily. Emily then takes the reins. She goes to Bruce and is trying to sway him to vote for Julie, A, on behalf of Katura, but also to convince him that the vote is Julie so that he doesn't play his idol so that the vote is still Bruce. 
I found this very confusing on a first watch. And then the second time I was like, okay, I'm listening to what Emily's actually doing. She doesn't want it to be Julie. She's telling Bruce that it's Julie so that he doesn't play his idol. But then she goes back to Katura and she's like, but I do very much agree with you that Julie is a threat. So while we're still going to try to get Bruce out right now, heard chef. Thank you, chef. Julie <laughs> is a threat. We will put a pin in this. We will come back to this as allies. Bruce then goes to talk to Jake. And once again, they're fucking patronizing poor Jake. Um, but he says to Jake that the vote is Julie. And then this sends Jake into a downward spiral. And this is where he has his emotional moment on the beach. Basically just saying like, I thought I was going to be better at this. And I'm frustrated that everyone keeps lying to me and basically not taking me seriously. I'm disappointed in my own game. And then wouldn't you know it, Bruce, of all people, comes and finds him on the beach and he like kind of uplifts him. And he's like, listen, you're not stupid. You're a really smart kid. This is a really hard, complicated game. You're going to look back and like feel good about what you did. Like you're not dumb. It's going to be okay. I hit my survivor wall. You're just hitting your survivor wall. The whiplash of this man, (laughs) like Bruce- I just, oh, get rid of him. I mean, well. (laughs) (laughs) They did. Not fast enough, Lizzie. Not fast enough. Tora's been trying for for days. Uh, So have I. (laughs) Can I go back to Katura's comment? I guess I'm, even though like Katura was not really the main character of this, I guess I only focused on her because even when she said, um, who wants to go to the end with their mama? I, again, felt like they're, they're trying to, like, play this mom thing. And I don't, like, she did truly say that. But it just feels like it has a little more oomph because we already saw all the stuff about her mom. So I just I just noticed that. Oh, but it, yeah. It is, true, though. it is true, though. Like, you don't really want to go to the end of someone everyone is that close with like drew was crying with her earlier like people you know feel very comfortable with her so yeah oh my god i hadn't put two and two together about like the mama of it all wow they really were heavy-handed on this one (laughs) the only other thing that i'll mention before we go to tribal council is just again we hear so much from emily but especially in this like pre-tribal deliberation And she's like, she's so much so positioned as the orchestrator of the vote. We do hear Katura be the first one to be like, well, what if like, you don't want to go to the end with mama? It is her first mention. But then Emily, like I said, she takes the reins. We we just hear so much from her, which again, (laughs) if not winner, what all for, but it is what it is. So we go to tribal council. My favorite part of every episode. Yee. Uh, Jeff talks through a bunch of different feelings. Bruce is vulnerable. How does that feel? How is it different from before? Jake is feeling insecure and dumb. My sweet baby. They talk about, you know, the stress of hurting people on a personal level versus it's the game of Survivor. Like, what did we all think was going to happen? Jeff calls out the double-edged sword of the Mama J of it all. Like, there's good parts of it. And then it's also, you know, a huge threat. And we hear more from Julie again about like how bad she feels for voting people out. I feel as though this is leading to her being in the final three. And I don't think the jury is going to take kindly to it because it feels a little like, oh, I feel so bad for voting you out. It's so hard for me. And like, I just think we're past that. Um, But I'm interested to hear what you guys think about that. Then we have some vague discussion about like how complicated this particular vote was and the decision making. We get a lot of buzzwords like intensity, tension, ambiguity. We hear from Emily and she's like, the time for a move is now. Did we make a move? Not really, but kind of. Everybody knows Bruce has an idol. They talk about it openly. Bruce says, I have the idol. I'm playing the idol. Jeff points out, hey, that could mean he's not going to play it. He doesn't play it. And he goes home. But uh, this, I feel like this tribal council oscillated between being vague and then like calling some specific people out. Like he talks to Jake a lot about his feelings. He talks to Julie a lot about this like emotional distress that she's in for voting people out. That was kind of a big theme for her this episode. So any feelings about the more pointed questions, this tribal? I mean, 
the interesting stuff came at the end when Bruce didn't play his idol. I hold on. There was one thing I wanted to say and now I feel like I've lost it. Um, Oh, it was your comment about Julie. I don't know if she'll be final three, Anna, but I do think there is something to the fact that like we keep getting this sort of mama edit. She cried a lot about having to vote people out. And I do feel like even if it doesn't get her to like, even if we don't get to final three, I do feel like that's just going to kind of become her story now is like, why is she sad? And like, how does that play into her ability to actually play this game? with the re before like can you actually put aside your personal feelings at this moment because I feel like we kind of got that in the preview for next week of like is Julie going to be the one that steps out from the re before like is this all kind of like an act I don't know I think what confuses me about it is what we're being told doesn't match up with what I feel like I've seen from Julie of like she talks about how hard it was to vote off Kelly Because they were so close. I'm like, when were you close with Kelly? When was that bond made? You know what I mean? So it's stuff like that where I'm like, there's a disconnect. It's a little disjointed, her edit. I think she is a genuinely lovely human being. I'm not trying to be like, oh, like, don't trust Julie or whatever. I don't know. Just something's off about the way in which they're sort of pulling her story together is like a little bit confusing. I will say, I think I texted y'all like, Julie is kind of growing on me though like I just maybe it's just we're hearing more from her in general but I'm like I don't know like when even when she was crying at the very beginning the very beginning oh and I think it was a tribal where she like couldn't look at um Kendra and Kelly and I'm just like yes she should have known this is part of the game but like she she just seems like a very very sweet person um so she has grown on me but I still don't know if that is if she has enough to win the whole thing. Yeah, I'm interested to see if she does, and if so, what kind of prominent role she's going to take in these like last few episodes. Because I don't dislike her, I just don't love the character that she's been edited to be. I guess we've harped on Julie enough. Okay, bye. yeah, we'll move on from Julie. <laughs> um, it's time to get into our segments. Bye, Bruce. Love ya. Well. I don't know about that, but <laughs> bye. It's been fun to talk about you. I'm actually going to do Fans Have Spoken first. So we had one from Nick. You guys know Nick, our pal, former pod mate. Um, and Nick said, I'm going to need everyone to stop crying. Classic Nick. Nick hates when they cry. There was a lot of crying this episode. I personally liked it. I feel like Stacy loves it. Aggie. I don't think you love it as much, but I don't think it bothers you the way it bothers Nick. And that's okay. To each their own. It was really, I was not moved by Drew crying. <laughs> that's um, fair. I was not moved by it. I was if moved his, by his tears were over, I'm not getting the reward. Yeah. I was moved by the women crying at the sanctuary because I felt like they were, one, just like almost unpacking like what felt like generational trauma and like just so much was going on in that conversation with the women um so that was moving but there was there were a significantly higher I would say like a significantly higher number of tears this episode like Jake crying on the beach twice he cried twice about the game like I was like Mm -hmm. okay okay I just it it, I will say that in this episode there was a lot of crying I'm not mad that they're crying I was just like wow it's a lot of the edit is people in tears tears (laughs) Yeah, it's a, fair, okay. it's a fair comment this week. We had another response from Mackenzie at Liege Kens, who said, laugh out loud funny and also very sad, which, yes, in line with the tears, we really ran the gambit of tone throughout the episode. And I liked it. Tone was unpredictable at best. Yeah, it took us on a journey, a roller coaster, if you will. Um, and then we had one more response from Eichel Reese, our pal always hitting us with the fans have spoken thank you for being a participant we love it we love to see it who said woo emily might be top three. Oh yeah she might i'm thinking yeah. she might a hundred percent yeah could not agree more i think she's top one but she's definitely top three Same. for sure no doubt about it okay that's fans have spoken we put up a question box on our instagram story almost every week so look out for that next up it's time to vibe check jeff jeff needs a vibe check so bad so bad. Stacy is up first. Stacy, what's your vibe check? All right. My there I think we have a lot of vibe checks for Jeff. So I'm I tried to find one that is like a bit more obscure maybe. 
So mine was, I think it's the first challenge, like the one for reward. He says something about Julie and he's like, Julie is pushing through kneecap by kneecap. Like, what is that? (laughs) It's like when she's crawling under the something, and I forget the challenge, but she's crawling in the sand. But I was just like, that feels like an old person comment. Like you're trying to like comment on her being old or something. I don't know. But that was mine for him. Because I'm I'm guessing y'all will say some of the other ones, like the scones. (laughs) Someone better say the scones. Um, Yeah, the scones. I have to mention the scones because my vibe check is the scones. Because not only does he have this weird line, which they call out mid-challenge as being like, Jeff, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, what kind of carnival is this? Because he says, this is the kind of fun challenge you might do at a carnival for laughs while you're having a scone. You might do this for laughs. Weird. Who speaks like that? That's not it's not a sentence. And then while you're having a scone, what kind of whack ass carnivals do you go to where they serve scones? Do we think he meant like funnel cake? He definitely didn't mean scone. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what he was trying scone. to go for, but you could hear too. Like there was there was a hesitance in his voice where you were like, oh, Jeff, you really shouldn't improv here. Like he hesitated enough to be like he doesn't know what he's gonna say next and this kind of just rolled out and like i said they call him on it they straight up are like jeff what are what yeah he must be stopped this was a weird moment and i'm glad that they checked him for it in in the moment so but uh aggie what do you got oh i have to vibe check jeff for weirdly commenting on how they arrived at the immunity challenge in a boat and he goes not a bad way to arrive at a challenge and I was like don't they do this like often I'm confused <laughs> like, he I also like, starts the scene by going bring in the boat that also by that was literally by- right above that like both of them like in tandem that was weird bring in the boat like also what and then not a bad way to arrive at a challenge. I was just like they do this all the time and mm-hmm. then just to like full circle the boat comments he also at the end goes, Katora, the boat is literally over there. I could just have them bring it over to you. <laughs> bring in the boat. He honestly should have, maybe. Anyway, so like, I don't know. The boat comments were weird and unnecessary, maybe. I have to give mention to, at the reward, the way that he incrementally tells them what the reward is so slowly with I'm each so item. And then all of a sudden he has the dramatic pause at the end. They're waiting for him to say something else. And he goes... That's it. With playing for? And someone audibly says, what? <laughs> like, again, vibe checking in the moment. I think it might be D. She's like, what? Because he goes, a night at the sanctuary. Pillows. Blankets. Worth playing for? <laughs> and it's so uncomfortable. Get your words out, Jeff. He struggled to get his words out this week. I know my heart, but I don't always know my words. That is Jeff. Jeff Probst in a nutshell. <laughs> I'm gonna, um, that I'm gonna, is a quote. I'm gonna from make Las an inspirational quote thing of that with a picture of him. Yeah, that's from Las Culturistas. That is an original Las Culturistas comment. We'll I don't always that. know my words, but I do always know my heart. And um Jeff feel I feel Jeff would vibe with that pretty hard. I I think that's apt. Okay. It's time for Castaway of the Week. It's it's Emily. Like I, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'm going first. It's Emily. This was her episode. We heard so much from her. I mentioned it so many times. Beating a dead horse. Dragging a dead horse to water. Dra- if you will. Following a dead horse to water. Making it drink. But she wins the reward. Everyone's so happy for her. She's so clear in her confessionals about like why she's making the choices that she is. She, from the audience perspective, basically is in charge of the way that the vote ends up going like it's just emily there is there's no other option my castaway of the week i mean i think it's emily because she i think she was most responsible for getting bruce out and and at the very end when she like he you know jeff asks if anyone wants to play an idol he's kind of moving around and she puts her hand on his shoulder to be like you're good that's savage (laughs) like Emily has gone from what is she doing in this game? Like she's coming in too strong with Bruce. It was Bruce that she came strong against. And 
She said, so she, she just has to be my castaway of the week. And she won a challenge. Aggie, is yours Emily too? Yeah, I think it's got to be Emily. This is the second time that we've all picked Emily the same week. It just goes to show that when the editing is about her, it's it's clear. well done. And it's clear. I think I would also just go on record to say I would make her castaway of the week for doing her confessional with a glass of wine. Oh, yeah, that was premium. Like, that alone should have made her Stacey the castaway of the week. I was, thinking up. That too. I was thinking that, too. It's kind of iconic. And she was saying such smart things. And also then she was like, Maybe I should get married to my boyfriend. Like I was kind of boyfriend. She was like, I was kind of like not interested in marriage. But now that I'm out here, I realize like it would be kind of nice to know that I I want him and he wants me. And I was like, what is happening right now? Like outside of your gameplay, which is like low-key iconic, like I'm here for it. And then Stacey, let's do it. Let's tell Anna our real feels about her choice of Bruce last week. Nor I gave okay, I gave reasoning. I it Here's the thing, Anna. I opened it. You have to go to listen to the episode because I don't know <laughs> if Stacey left in the whole edit of me doing this. But I we we pull it up and we're we guess who we think you picked. Wait, and who I did go, you think? We were uh, like maybe Julie, maybe Austin, right? Wasn't it? I knew it would shock you. I knew it would. It was honestly was good that I didn't have to explain IRL, but I gave you an explanation. I stand by it. Here's the thing. I appreciate you standing and living in your truth. And not shine away from it because you knew it would make me big mad. So I do yeah. appreciate that. However, it made you big mad. I did get a little big mad. In shock. Well, <laughs> and I didn't do it for shock value. I'll tell you that much. No, I believe and that you genuinely were like, hey, like, like when I listened to it, I was like, she's really thought about this. Like she's given this a lot of like, I knew I would have to thought. I would and have so- to defend myself. <laughs> I think you you should probably listen because I'm not going to articulate myself as well as I did when we I will listen to it. And I was just like, honestly, Anna, I do really appreciate how hard you worked on this Thank and you. how like detailed you were Thorough. about your choices. And then I was just like, but I disagree. <laughs> like, I knew you would. I wasn't trying to convince like, you. But no, it was like I wasn't trying to change your mind, but I did no. have to make sure that that my intentions were clear which I and think I appreciated I the intentionality it was very intentional mm-hmm. I wasn't trying to change anyone's mind because that's an impossible task that's what we love about Anna she's confident in her choices I mean she chooses the winner most of the time and she, she accepts if you have a different um opinion <laughs> so there you go she's yeah better than I am for sure <laughs> you guys keep it coming should we just give Anna compliments for the rest of the day? Like the rest of the epi? I love that idea. We'll make it happen. But for now, we have one segment left. One question. Rapid fire. Not so rapid. But just a little quick tidbit before we go. Do you think that the Reba 4 are going to make it to the finale together? Not the final, but the finale. As in the final episode. With all five of them. Is, With have- all four of them plus someone else. How many are we down to right now? Like, how many more episodes do we have before the finale? One or two? Two. Two. Okay. I don't think they're going to make it to the finale. Uh, here's the thing. After that tweet of someone being like, hey, hail Mary, but Loki, like, I would kind of be into it. Katora, Jake, Emily. I was kind of like. That's changed my mind. That's kind of changed my mind because I do think we have seen a significant edit of those two also yeah in a way that doesn't totally make sense yeah because of what is going on in the game like and compared that, to what we've seen of like d like we've yeah. hardly seen d do anything and i'm disappointed other than, by that other than emotionally be like they don't like me so they're gone yeah and we've seen people talk about how she's a threat and because like if you had asked me at the beginning of this episode, I would have said, yes, the finale is going to be the Reba four and Emily. And now, now I'm thinking about, about Katura and Jake making it to the finale. I think that that's more likely based on what we've seen. I still think that Drew will be there. I think Emily, Drew and Drew, Austin Jake, are going to be there. I think they're going to get rid of the women. I think they're going to get rid of uh, D and Austin. Oh, send them to put what's it called together so they can make out. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but also, can we talk about how, like, there's been no real edit of them being, like, Kendra literally said, I want them to get married and have, like, 
You know why? You know why? It's because they shoved it down our throats with Franny and Matt in a way that was like cute but a little nauseating. And they couldn't do it again. You can't can't tell me that they're in love and then not give me the evidence. Like Keturah literally said the words like I want them to get married. And I was like, they've smiled at each other twice. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean? But like the erasure of D makes me think she's going home. And that they've talked significantly about how she's kind of the top of the pyramid in the Reba alliance. Yep. And she's tight with Austin. So they might say, okay, we can get rid of either D or Austin. And then I feel like Austin might win a challenge. Yeah. I would love to see him give up immunity for her though. Wow. Now that's when I'd start to be like, oh, maybe they are in love. (laughs) Yeah. Stacey, what do you think? I don't think so. I thought this would be the week. I think I did. I said, I don't know. We talked about like what number of people will be left when they have to like turn. And I thought it might be this week because of Jake and Drew. Like, I don't know. I thought Jake was going to pull something against them from the preview. Um, But yeah, I don't think they can make it to the end. I, I, it's hard to tell which one or two will go first, but I just, I don't think all four of them can make it. And I've also heard some other podcasts kind of saying like it almost feels like they're not really a strong four it's just like twos like it's just like a combination of twos (laughs) where it's like drew is with with julie but also with austin and then austin's with d but also with like it's just a bunch of twos of those four so if that is the case someone's gonna turn someone's gonna turn so that's my not that rapid (laughs) fire But I truly can't wait to see what happens next week. I want to know. I just love to know if we're right or not. You know what I mean? Oh, heck yeah. Heckin' yeah. Heckin' yeah. But we're so (laughs) close to the end. I can't wait to see how it concludes. I'm excited to talk again next week and the next week and the next week. Yeah, there's three three episodes left, Anna. Three more. Okay. But uh, for now... We hope that you're enjoying following along. Let us know your thoughts. Send us a DM. Do you agree with us? Do you also think that Drew is a bully? Probably. <laughs> but let us know. <laughs> Probably. I'm sorry to this man. Um, but we love you. Thanks for listening. And thanks for escaping reality with us. Bye to everyone who's not Drew. Bye-bye. Bye, Drew. You're on Team Maggie. Bye to everyone except Bruce, Drew, Jeff Probst, the male editors. <laughs> Good night to women. <laughs> Goodbye. (laughs) Bye.